When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, gorgeous. I want to do it kind of like Heather McDonald. Hello, and welcome to the Give Them Lala podcast. That was really good. Was it? Because I listened to her podcast on the way home from Newport. Yeah. And I was just rolling. (laughs) I was rolling, not rolling like that. Yeah. Like the cool kids, the cool kids roll, but like (laughs) laughing. (laughs) I don't think a lot of people know how good you are at impressions. It's like a I would call it a hidden talent. Wait, really? No, no, no. You're amazing at impressions. Oh, my gosh. Of, thanks. like, your friends. Of, like... Oh, my mom goes, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Sucker in her mouth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, girl. We have Lisa in the office today. <laughs> love, love the energy. You're the right side of my body, Jess, and my mom is the is left. The left? Yeah. And O is the heart. O is the heart the that beats. The heart yeah. that beats. We end up on my baby. <laughs> She's so stinking cute. Can I tell you? Yeah. I just... So... We've done this a few times now, but she's getting to that age where she, like, really is enjoying girl time. Like, she's she knows that it's girl time. She does. So, I'll put her in the bed. Okay. And we'll start a movie and we'll make, like, a treat. Mm-hmm. And she'll sit in the middle and watch the movie and she's digging into all the treats and eating and watching and laughing. She is? Yes. <gasps> And it's, it's the cutest thing you'll ever see. It's you, your mom, and oh, it's yeah. the three of you. Oh, yeah. oh. Yes, it's like it's girl time. Everyone in the bed. Let's make a snack. <laughs> and you can tell she loves it. No, she you can tell. Does. Yeah, she's got like, this little grin. On little her face. grin. Yeah, it's the best. Now, do you watch kids shows, or does she not really care about the movie? She just cares that she's sitting there. So you maybe watch more of an adult movie, or, or is no? It we watched um, Monsters Inc. Yeah. Okay. Monsters University. Fun. She's into Monsters, Inc. right now. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Loves it. I've oh, shown her so like cute. older movies like Lion King and stuff. And she there's just something about the Monsters, Inc. that she is like honed in on. Yeah. Would you know I love animated movies? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know Disney, like all I watch. Disneyland has a Monsters, Inc. ride? I don't know if it'd be too scary for her. But it's like you basically just like sit in a cart and you go through the Monsters, Inc. world. No, I think she'd love it. You do? Yeah. <gasps> I want to take her. her to Disneyland. Yeah. I have to do that. We got to put that on the schedule, Mom. Yeah. Um. So there was that. This weekend was Labor Day weekend. Sunday, I went out on a boat with my friends. It was absolutely spectacular. It looked amazing. They played 50 Cent in the club like all day <laughs> for me. And I was like twerking my flat ass all <laughs> over that yacht. You that know? I saw it on your stories. You had like a did you have like a light green like a lime green lime green yes looked so fun everyone Ooh. else was in black i was like you yeah. bitches should have told me because now i look so out of place in these photos no you didn't you looked at who was on was it just like a bunch of friends was it did you know everyone it was sheena's sheena's group okay that she so kindly introduced me to and we all just really hit it off we actually hit it off when we went on the boat in Mexico for Sheena's like bachelorette day. Got it. Okay. You fun. know, and yeah. I, you know, I have 
I have social anxiety. I don't think many people would know that just because of the way I come across. But Mm -hmm. when you tell me we're going somewhere with a group of people that I don't know and it's like I start getting triggered, like safe place. No, no. Hotel room sounds safe. Yeah. Hotel room sounds safe. Yeah. Not that these people have ever done anything to me. It's just I get nervous and I don't have alcohol or anything else to kind of like calm the thoughts in my head, Mm -hmm. which is great. I don't want that. Mm -hmm. But these women were amazing. They're all moms. And we just hit it off and they said come out for Labor Day. And I said, I will be there. So fun. Yeah. And then the next, so we went out on the boat on Sunday. My mom brought Ocean down that night. And Monday we went to their fabulous home. It's Mm -hmm. like absolutely stunning. All of Ocean's little friends were there. So cute. I saw, do the babies get along? I think I've asked you this before, but I just asked as like a babysitter who used to like babysit babies and I would always have to be watching the ones I babysat because they were constantly going after kids. You know what? They're really sweet with each other. They and are. they do know each other. Okay. Like the second Ocean sees Summer Moon or Hartford or Cruzy, um, and there were other little kids there and Ocean is just so sweet and mm-hmm. she knows like, you're a baby, I'm a baby, let's be friends, <laughs> let's get in the kiddie pool together, have a heyday. So cute. No, it's so, it's just beyond cute. That house, wherever you were, was beautiful. It's beyond stunning. I mean, the the view of the ocean. And ocean was obsessed with looking at the ocean. She kept take, making me take her to the edge of to the, the pool to look out at it. Oh, and she'd point and then look at me and go, <laughs> with her cute little smile. <laughs> Stassi, we were with her um, last week and she goes, Lala, she literally doesn't have a thought without smiling. And so I was watching, oh, and she would stop, have a thought, laugh. Look. I was like, oh, my gosh, she does. She's the happiest, sweetest baby. She's so stinking Beyond. cute and easy. And I'm biased because she's mine. But I'm like, you're perfection. Yeah. Like, this is what perfection is. Yeah. So they had a blast. You know, I love when I can get Ocean together with her little friends. I think it's important for her. Mm-hmm. And... Like, how lucky am I that she has, like, a little built-in friend group and then all of the moms are friends, too? Yeah. It's adorable. It's her friends for life. Just like, um... Olivia. Sid and Olivia. Sid and Olivia, yes. Yes, our moms are friends. Yes. Now, then we're friends. And now we have babies together that are five months apart. They're friends. Yeah. <gasps> right? Candace and Chris. It's so cute. I it's love it. It's a whole vibe. You're kind of living the dream. Um. So, you know that I go savage when... Ocean goes down for a nap on IG. Okay. And when I say savage, I don't mean like I start trolling, but I start looking up content. Okay. And I go to one page to the next page, and I'm like, how the hell did I end up on this person's page from Wisconsin, and now she's living in Dubai, and I'm looking at her man who's super rich, and now I'm on his mom's page. It's like <laughs> the abyss. We all do it. I go right into the abyss. But anyway, um, I was looking at this page, and this woman had posted something, And in the background, or the song that was playing was Seven Rings by Ariana Grande. Okay. And the part where she says, um, whoever said money can't solve your problems must not have had enough money to solve them. And I was like, that is so true. Yeah. I don't know why it made me go into this like, you know what? Money can so solve your problems. (laughs) I've lived in Hollywood way too long. I see these rich, powerful people solving problems and silencing people with their money Mm -hmm. for a long fucking time. Yeah. All right. So what they mean to say, Jess, (laughs) is money cannot buy you happiness, Mm -hmm. cannot buy you security in the sense if you're an insecure person, Mm -hmm. it can't quiet that down mm-hmm. um but problems 
I've seen people pay off their problems in a hot second. Right. All right. Yeah. So I went into that whole thing literally as I'm listening to it, watching it. I was like, wait, I've seen this short circuit plug in. <laughs> I, I need never, you know, I was like, it's so true. Yeah. Ariana Grande speaking mad truth in Seven Rings. I mean, yes, that's the world we live in, unfortunately. Most of the time, unfortunately. Sometimes, fortunately. Because there are a lot of problems in the world that can be solved by money, like through charities and stuff like that. But on the other hand, there's a lot of problems. I mean, the world we live in, if you are rich enough, you can kind of do anything or shut anyone up. And it's Tom Girardi and his mistress. Here's $300,000. She's a freaking judge in the court system. Oh, yes. And you want me to feel comfortable being in the court system when Mm -hmm. I'm watching stuff like this happen? I know. A rich guy coming in. Yep. Or you got on the flip side that I've experienced many times. Hey, girl, be quiet. I'll get you a Chanel bag. That bitch silences herself real quick. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Ariana Grande was on to something. (laughs) But speaking truth, it cannot buy you happiness. True. It can't buy you happiness. But I always do say money can't buy you happiness, but it can buy, quote unquote, buy you time. And for me, I like to spend time with my loved ones. So indirectly, money could buy me happiness, but it can't directly buy me happiness. All right. Well, I want to hear what you guys think. So go to my my podcast page. And the number is on there. Call in yeah. and leave me a message. Because, you know, I just bum gums on this. I just spew what I think. But mm-hmm. it's just what I think. Lala Grande. <laughs> the Give Them Lala <laughs> podcast. The next savage thing. <laughs> Bethany Frankel. Okay. Posting about the Kardashians. On TikTok. Or did you see it on TikTok? I saw it. No, because oh. remember, I see everything late. Oh, late. <laughs> because I only look at Instagram. <laughs> yeah. People send me things on TikTok and I'm like, my assistant runs my TikTok. I can't even get into it. I wouldn't, don't know the password. I don't know what it's saying. Screen record it. Send it to me. You can't or say that. It on Instagram. You can't say that now because she hasn't posted in a little bit. We'll, but we'll get it back up. But it's anyway. a keep, lot of work. It's a lot. Well, when when the season 10 of Vanderpump starts, we've got great content like that. Then we'll be posting So basically, again. once a year, you'll get good content from this <laughs> TikTok. But no, I'm seeing people, I won't mention names, at the pool party yesterday who have already put reels up. And I'm like, who has the time? I know. Who has the patience and the energy? Like, you literally captured every single moment. Did mm-hmm. you even enjoy yourself? Yeah. But it's kind of a talent, too. Yeah. Lisa says it's kind of a talent, too. And I agree. It's definitely a talent. But we just talked about this. Remember? It's like, it made me sad when I was, like, out with girlfriends and then a couple of them were spending literally the whole night shooting content and then when we were at dinner they were editing the content and then i just never talked to them the whole night it was sad but it is also a talent and if it's your full-time job then like or your job at all you're making an income do you yeah by the way i may not understand it yeah but like i can respect it yeah (laughs) i wish i was doing that because my 1.7 would be at (laughs) 1.8 If I gave a damn, you know, yeah. I posted like three times mm-hmm. in like two weeks. And I was like, I'm killing, killing it. it. I know. Killing it, mom. I know. Whose phone is on? Is that you? Is You're that- a rookie. Oh. Turn it off. <laughs> you can turn the sound off. Because <laughs> I'm charging it. This is what happens. And it'll, she'll put it in the kitchen at night. Yeah. And not turn it off. Oh, and, and it goes I'm, off I'll be all like, night. Lisa. <laughs> Turn off the phone. And it's a barking noise. I know. It's a barking ringtone. It's ringtone, not even a text. (laughs) So it continues to bark until the person hangs up. 
By the way, Lise, I love your hair today. She has her hair in like that cl the clip. You wear it like this too, Lala. I need to start. It's a very like Y2K hairstyle that's back. But it's like the big um, claw. claw clips. They're so cute. But wait, Lisa let's go it. back to Bethany Frankel. Bethany Frankel gets on, whether it was TikTok, mm -hmm. I saw it on her Instagram. She's talking about the Kardashians and she's like, what are we teaching people? Take it all. Don't stop until it's all yours. Um, if there's a scandal do charity to cover up the the plastic surgery are we teaching like have plastic surgery until you feel confident um she just was on a rampage and mm -hmm. you know how she goes like i love bethany frankel so much i love her like there's not many people i look up to in this world i look up to her maybe because it's i watched her since the beginning and just like where she came from what she built she kept her eye on the prize the entire time she went through a horrific relationship and then to top it all off this is a crisis her be strong it was just like the whole package for me is like that I want that yeah like I will listen to Bethany Frankel right we've talked about this before if people are giving you advice and they don't have what you want but however if they're giving you advice based on experiences that they've had mm -hmm. listen to them as well because right. I remember talking to James and he said to me why would I listen to you like look at where you are and I'm like that's why you should listen to me right I'm telling you what not to do what I've learned from correct mm -hmm. listen to me mm -hmm. and by the way look at the shit I've been through and where I am right now mm -hmm. listen to me my word is worth gold mm -hmm. you can take that shit to the bank all yeah. right <laughs> they'll put it in a vault for you it's yes. worth something yeah so listen to me yeah because I don't want to waste my precious gold on you <laughs> If you're not going to listen, you know, it's a shame we I, don't have video because that's when Lala goes on her rants and the hands start going. That's like, oh, just watch Vanderpump Rules. There we you go. Can see what <laughs> so the two fingers yeah. go up. Yeah. <laughs> you shut your filthy fucking mouth. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have Lily. Get him. We have Lily here right. in the office too. The whole, it's the whole squad family. today. No, um, Bethany's anyways, awesome. I love her. She on makes TikTok. all the sense in the world to me. And mm. I think she's hysterical. She's and she, she always starts every video when she goes on a tangent where it's like, cancel me. I don't care. Mm -hmm. This is what it is. This is how I feel. And it's like, I don't think she ever gets canceled because she's like, I don't care. Yeah. And she's like worth a lot of fucking money. Yeah. You know, that's why. And she's so honest. And she, I just love it. Um, Her product reviews. I mean, I love it for everything. I followed her a while ago, but she does the most honest product reviews and she'll say, is this worth your money? Is this not? And there are some products that She's it's been like... been shadow banned, though, for a lot of her reviews. Yeah. Yeah, and Which... that's why she talked about it. Mm, She's I like, know. I know Kris Jenner runs the media. I got it. I, I, we're sick of it. I'm being water... Kardashian waterboarded. Oh. We all are. I know even the media is like, are you fucking kidding me? I got to cover this again. I got to cover yeah. this family again. Yeah. But it's like, I want to be a Kardashian. <laughs> Lisa, start running the fucking media, all right? <laughs> Please. Please. Trying to hit 1.8, all right? Come on. <laughs> really, I don't care that much. All I want to do I is know. be in the bed and watch Jersey Shore. I know. And Game oh, of Thrones. What? Lisa had never seen Game of Thrones before. So you're re-watching it with We're Lisa? We're re-watching it, and everyone's mm -hmm. like, you don't need to watch that to watch House... Is it House of the Dragon or House of Dragons? I don't know. It's House of the Dragon, I think. Okay. Well, yeah. the new one. Yeah. And I'm like, but you kind of do because I think it's about the Targaryens. It is. And you want to be invested 
like, why do I care about these Targaryens if I've never seen Game of Thrones? Yeah. And she's fully invested. Oh, yeah. And I you mean, are? I'm Wait, have you gotten to the little kid? I don't even know what season this was. The the little boy who's like the tyrant king. Yeah. You have? Yeah, we're waiting for him to die. Okay. Joffrey. Okay. J- Joffrey. No, no, was it Joffrey? There's another one. Okay, okay, I'm not going to say. There's another <laughs> one, and he's like. triggered, playing with her nails. <laughs> she's like, she's going to tell me the storyline. There's another one, and all I'm going to say is, for the listeners who are like, who's she talking about? Hole in the ground. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, I don't think we're there okay. yet. Okay. I don't know. Anyway. See, I've seen it, but I've kind of forgotten. Okay. Like, I remember big things. Yeah. Like, the Red Wedding. Yes. Don't tell her. That's no, our next I'm episode. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm actually... That's great that you get to experience this with her. That's awesome. I know. Stassi was like, I'm so jealous mm-hmm. that you've never experienced it and yeah. you're getting to right now. Because Stassi's obsessed, Mom. Yeah. Oh, well, I can see why. No, obsessed. Yeah. People call her Khaleesi because yeah. she's so obsessed. Oh, Khaleesi, the dragon queen? Whoa, what's dragons, it called? Yeah. Queen of dragons. Huh. The mother of dragons. Mother of dragons. Something like it. that. Um, Best show ever. <laughs> Best show ever. I am really excited as well as feeling very, very honored because I was asked if it was okay, which I was like beyond okay, um, to be honored at the Brent Shapiro Foundation event this year, which for those of you who are not familiar, it is Robert Shapiro's and Robert and Linnell Shapiro's foundation mm-hmm. that they started I want to say they said maybe 15 years ago, maybe longer. Okay. They lost their son. Um, drugs and alcohol were involved. And so they started this foundation where there's an incentive for people to stay sober. Okay. Not pick up, not drink, not use. And they give away scholarships. Wow. It's incredible. I have chills just talking about it. Um, And they are honoring me this year on Saturday for my sobriety. (gasps) (laughs) Yay! This is so exciting. It's going to be so beautiful. Thank you. Yay. (laughs) She's got tears in her eyes now. How are you going to be when you're giving a speech? I'm going to be a sobbing mess. I really hope that I can keep it together because, you know, these kids that have stayed sober, they're getting money to go to college Mm -hmm. and have a bright, bright future. And I don't think people realize, well, maybe they do. Um, I'm extremely passionate about my sobriety. It's the proudest thing I've ever done in my whole life. I can be around drinking. I can't say that a lot of people that are sober, you know, that can be triggering for them. My own personal experience, which I'm grateful for because I it it's not lost on me that sobriety can be taken from you like that just by you picking up. You could be sober 30 years and it's gone in 30 seconds and you're a newcomer again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm extremely, I will hit four years, but again, one day at a time on October 22nd. And it's just beyond, Mm -hmm. you know, I can be around it. I don't feel triggered. And I thank God every day because it is one day at a time. But it's just it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's not an easy path, especially with the environment that I'm in. You know, filming a reality TV show, I constantly battle staying true to my program and also going into a reality TV space where your opinions and your thoughts are heard. They matter, but you also want to be soft and delicate. So I'm 
just because you're in the program does not mean that you turn into Jesus or, you know, the person who's turning the other cheek and doing all of those things. We're still human. There's still a lot of amends that I have to make on a daily basis. (laughs) And I'm okay with that. I am very, very honored to be um, honored this Mm -hmm. year at the Brent Shapiro Foundation event on Saturday. Yay. Yeah. So those of you who have not heard of this, please look it up. Um, It's going to be spectacular. It is. Yeah. It is. I have to give a speech. (gasps) It's going to be great. And it's going to be... Thank you, Mom. And it's going to be after the kids who, you know, get their scholarships. I'm going to be a hot mess. But you know what is so amazing is that they... Everyone who works with the Brent Shapiro Foundation is incredible, and and it's a very small group of people that makes huge stuff happen. But um, they had offered, like, hey, we'll send you, Lala, an outline. And Lala, I was like, yeah, let's do that. And Lala was like, you know, I'm just going to go up there and speak from my heart. And I was like, I was very taken aback by that because someone like me would be like, give me bullet points. I'm reading from a prompter, but you're just going to hop up there and speak from your heart. And I think it's going to be so much more impactful and special. I'm very excited for that. I'm excited too. I am a little nervous though. You're going to do great. I'm very nervous. There's this person also that I found on the gram who is fine as it gets. His name is Darren Waller. (laughs) By the way, if he has a girlfriend, can you guys just let me know? Totally fine. Disengage. (laughs) But I'm telling you, sober, fine, tattoos, my type of dude. Mm -hmm. I just like it all. (laughs) All right. From from what the gram portrays. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, how does one get in touch with this human? (laughs) This is a good... Maybe someone will DM you and be like, hey, I I work with Darren or I rep him or whatever. He's not very active on the gram because I think you mentioned him once. Have you been cyber stalking him too? I tried to cyber stalk him and I was like, huh, he's not very active on the or or maybe his people are. I don't know. His team. Who knows? If he has a girlfriend, he better treat her right. I respect it. Mm -hmm. And good for him. Good for her, too. (laughs) (laughs) If not, like, where you at? Where you at? (laughs) Slide in the DM. I'm very active in the DMs these days. (laughs) You know, come one, come all. No one's safe. (laughs) No one's safe. safe. Once you pass that PI check, come one, come all into my house. What you want? I don't care. Lay it down, baby. No. You went from honoring me at sobriety to slide in my DM. Um, We have a good guest today. She slid in my DM. I saw it. She wanted to shed light on body dysmorphia. BDD is -hmm. what it's called, body dysmorphic disorder. And I wanted her to shed light. Like what she said in her DM, I was like, I got to have you on the podcast. Her name is Robin Stern. We are having her on the podcast to talk about BDD, which is body dysmorphic disorder. I did have people slide in the DM on the podcast page and say that I need to start doing trigger warnings. I apologize if you've ever listened to one of my podcasts and been triggered by it. That was never my intention. So going forward, if I have anything that I feel is we're deep diving into some deep stuff, I will let you know. So here it is. This is your trigger warning, my loves. And I hope this helps, right? I love you guys. We have Robin Stern up next. Have you done your Mother's Day shopping yet? Friendly reminder, use Rakuten. Rakuten is the shopping platform to save while you shop. And this week, May 6th through May 13th, Rakuten is having their biggest cashback event of the entire year. 
you get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores. I'm talking Adidas, Splendid, Ray-Ban, Elf Cosmetics, Dermastore, Lego, Stanley, and even Dyson. New Dyson vacuum for me and the new house. Yes, I am treating myself and enjoying some serious cash back. I love seeing those Rakuten cash back deposits in my PayPal account. Rakuten will also send you a check if you don't have PayPal. So join the 15 million members, including me, who are already saving with Rakuten. Membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You will not see higher cashback rates than these. So go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. I have been very transparent with you guys about my hair struggles between the pregnancy hormones and bleaching it all the time. I have been having some serious hair issues. And now with baby number two on the way, I'm already being proactive about my hair thanks to Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. And I am definitely one of those people. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the root causes of thinning, which are stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism. You can take the Nutrafol hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Because I know we are all different and we're on different hair journeys. Nutrafol makes building a hair growth routine super easy. Purchase online, no prescription required. You get free shipping and automatic deliveries so that you never miss a day. And you'll see results in three to six months. So take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering Give Them Lala listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code LALA. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LALA. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code LALA. First, for our listeners, I kind of want them to know what it is that you that you do. Like you slid in my DM and said you wanted to talk about some things that obviously I it resonated with me because here we are. So just kind of break it down for my listeners. Okay, so I am a therapist. I specialize in body dysmorphic disorder and I do work in New York, California, Florida, New Jersey. And I myself have body dysmorphic disorder and I've struggled with it probably since my late teens. I'm 42. Well, gotta be 42. And um, so body dysmorphic disorder is a distortion in how one sees themselves and they focus on perceived defects in their appearance that no one else sees and it affects them cut to the core of who they are and it makes them hard for them to live life and to engage in friendships and um, they tend to, you know, want to get plastic surgery or cosmetic procedures, but ultimately leads them to feeling very depressed, could lead them to using substance abuse. And so, yeah, and so this is just such an important platform. And I think what resonated with me with your particular platform is your honesty. And I think that um, as celebrity being honest about whatever it is you do, I think people that are vulnerable to that really appreciate that because there's a lot of people that you know, are posting and they're acting like I look like this out of nowhere. And it's, it's very detrimental to people that are struggling because they're looking at these pictures and they're like, why don't I look this way? Right. And so I think, 
you know, um, I, I don't tell people like you shouldn't filter, you shouldn't do those things. I think it's great, but I love, like, I think you posted the other day, like you, like you love the filter. And I'm like, yes, thank you for being honest. Like, thank you for being real because clients that come see me are devastated when they're looking at pictures and they're like, why don't I look this way? Like, why can't I look this way? And it's like, but they don't look this way. Right. Well, and I feel like it doesn't even you you look at these women who, you know, because I've even been there where I'm scrolling the gram and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this person is so stunning. Like, and it looks very natural. And Lord knows that they were in all the apps that I'm going into as well. But I feel like even those people that have the stunning photos are looking at other people's Instagrams thinking the exact same thing. It's so funny. We were just talking about this, just the harm that it does when people aren't honest do you think it affects young people when they're just starting to get on socials a little more than more mature people or it kind of affects everyone differently? I definitely think the young people are more aware of it. I do think there's a sense of when you're younger, your appearance does impact how you see yourself in relation to other people. But I think it affects all people across the board. And I think it's just, again, I'm all about like looking good. And if you want to use those filters and great, but I think the honesty has to be there. And I think there's, there's so little honesty with that. And it's so detrimental. I mean, what's scary about this disorder is that one in four people attempt suicide and 80% of people have suicidal ideation. And that's severe. Like we're talking, and this is a diagnosis that most people don't talk about. Like I didn't talk about it. Like I didn't, know about it. I literally walked through like my college life. Like I'm just ugly. I'm just gross. Like I don't deserve to be alive. And this is how it felt. And this is before social media, like, right. So this was just like, I, so honestly, I can't even imagine what kids now who have access to all of this, what they feel like. It's, It's just a lot of pressure. Ironically, living in LA didn't feel pressure. I can't explain that. I don't know if it's because and I lived like in West Hollywood. I don't know if it's just a little bit different living there um, versus what people put on social media. But yeah, I do think it affects kids. And I think it affects them wanting to get work done earlier. And this notion of like, I need to look perfect or look fake to be happy and okay. Do you remember a time when you were younger that you maybe felt okay? And there was a su- specific time where you're like, wait a second, I'm somebody made fun of you or anything. Do you remember that moment? What was that moment? So for me, it's funny. I got the diagnosis when I was 22, but I was bullied since the age of nine. I have curly hair. I'm Jewish. And when I was younger, people made fun of my hair every single day. And what was crazy was that it was a group of eight girls that were my best friends. So it's like one thing to be bullied, but it's like another thing. It's like when your girls are bullying you and it was like, it was just at that point, point. I think it's just, I always talk as, as a therapist, like your formative years, right? So being like a 12 year old and you're trying to figure out who you are in relation to other people and your friends are like, you're not good enough. Like my friends went and they would make fun of me every day at lunch. I would go to the nurse's office. Like they didn't even pick it up at school. I was getting like twenties on tests. Like they didn't figure it out. And then like they would go to ice skating lessons and they wouldn't include me. And it really took a toll. And at that point, I didn't know until years later, like I did feel different. I was like, they don't want to hang out with me because of my hair. So then there's something wrong with me. And ironically, that wasn't the issue that became the focus of my BDD. But I do believe that that was an experience where all of a sudden 
I went from feeling like this happy little girl to this girl that like shouldn't even be here. And I grew up in a family that like loved me. And there was definitely a lot of focus on appearance, but it was like, I was accepted. And then all of a sudden, like just rejected and not rejected on rejected based upon how it looked, you know, growing up on Long Island. I don't know if you know anything about that in New York. It's like, it's next. It's like almost as bad as that. It's like next level. Really? Like it's very much about the outer appearance. It's like keeping up with the Joneses. It's like ridiculous. It is. I'm here now, you know, I'm a single mom. I have a two and a half year old boy and I'm like, I need to get out of here. Like, I do not want to raise my kid in this. Obviously, I'll be honest. I have a little PTSD. I'm in my hometown. So like being back here is like very surreal for me. I lived in LA for 11 years. And so the idea of him going to the schools that I went to, I definitely work through it in therapy, but it's still a very like it's triggering. Yes. Anything that that when when people say that they're triggered, it means that you're taking them back to a place that they've been before that was not a happy experience or moment. And those moments are hard to work through. I mean, even me at the age of 32, there's still things that, you know, I remember from a child that people would make fun of where it's like I even though. Yes, I'm older now and I've learned to love every part of me. There are things that happen sometimes where I'm like, this is taking me back to a place that is way too familiar and not enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, so it's it's hard. I mean, um, and, I, and you asked that question and honestly, they never asked that question when I was diagnosed. And so that was never important for them to, I always say like, hear my story. It was never important for them to know my story. They just were like, you have body dysmorphic disorder. They didn't necessarily tie it back to like what possibly could have caused it. There is genetic components to it, but definitely being bullied like that. And because of my appearance and it was in multiple areas, like it was in sleepaway camp. It was like by boys at first. And then it was again, when your close friends do that to you, it's, I can't, I, I still struggle with it today. I'll be honest. I have a very hard time keeping female friendships. I, and I know why, like I, you know, I, they were my friends. They were my best friends. And what's messed up is like, I hung out with them after I confronted them. Like, so I stayed close with like my bullies. Right. They were your safe place. And they were like, ultimately like your, your mental abusers. And that happens a lot where, where people are, you know, whatever type of abuse they're experiencing, they become comfortable in that situation. And that's why you stick around. Yeah. And I, I, I will say, I wish my therapist would have worked on that because it ended up trickling into my uh, adult life with every man that I dated that ended up being toxic, mm. like no other. So I also related to you there, <laughs> been there, done that with the narcissist. And it's a lot of that was because I didn't feel worth it. And I'm still struggling with that. You know, like what I lost, not only to the disorder, but like how even in my recovery, like what the typical treatment is, which is like not engaging in mirror checking and not engaging in like getting cosmetic procedures, but they didn't like help me like figure out like it's okay to be me and like to love myself. And so what ended up happening was I ended up not like not being able to truly love myself. And then I ended up attracting like the worst of the worst. Right. It trickles into every aspect of your life. So then how... How does someone know if they have BDD? Because like, Lord knows I love me some injections, love the Botox, give me a little lip. But like, 
I feel like I dig myself, you know? I've grown out of a lot of my insecurities where I'm like, you know what, it works and I'm gonna be grateful for it. But I do, like my ear, I could not get past the ear. I've been <laughs> self-conscious about it since I was a child and I knew that there was something I could do about it, so I went and fixed it. But at what point do you say, okay, I have body dysmorphic disorder or like I just want a little thing to amp up what I already got. Like where's right. the where's the line? That is such a I was thinking that too because it's like I feel like most of my friends growing up including myself we all picked apart ourselves constantly. Sure. But at this point in time I I definitely don't think I have BDD and I'm sure people who might say oh I have it's like the OCD, you know, it's like yeah. people who go Oh, I'm OCD. A lot of times. 100%. You're not. It makes me nuts as somebody who has had like four medical leaves. I had to miss my first semester of my senior year of college. Like I couldn't leave my house. So like that drives me nuts. But I think what to say is, so example, someone, let's say who likes to get those, that stuff done, like Botox or filler, that's great. But person with BDD feels like if I need to get it done for me to be okay in this world or otherwise like I can't function. I am not okay. Like no one's going to love me. I am like the core belief is like, I am defective. I am disgusting. I am worthless. And only if I get those things done, then I'm going to be okay. And I think that's where like, yes, I think they use this word like body dysmorphia and it's really not the real word, but it's the same thing as saying like you're a little OCD. It's more related to like body image issues, right? But when you're looking at the true disorder, you're looking, how does it disrupt functioning? So that's where the difference is. You okay. may not love what you look like, but it's like, okay, for instance, like, you know, you may not have loved your ear, but was it like stopping you from like making friends or going out or living your life? And now there's a continuum, you know, with people with BDD. There's some people that literally are housebound, they can't leave. And then there's people that can function, but like are thinking about it 24 seven. But the ultimate thing is most of them kind of will resonate with this notion of like, when I get these procedures done, like I'm going to be okay. Like I had a former client, like his notion, this is before he saw me, he went and got um, a nose job. And in his mind, he's like, I'm going to be famous after. Like, my life's going to be so different. I'm going to be this other person. And I'm like, okay, if that's what you think you're going to get from, like, whatever procedure, we need to look at that. Like, if you think you're going to become a totally different individual, because I hear this all the time, like, oh, but all these people, the Kardashians, they must have BDD. And I'm like, no, they don't. Like, no. And I'll tell you why. Because I don't, I was literally catching up because you got me into like catching up with these old shows. I'm wa- I've never watched them. And I'm watching like Cartier, like one. And I'm like, wow, like Chloe looks so different and power to her. Like I'm all about doing you, but I'm like, let's keep the narrative like real. And that's right. what again, but I totally understand. So the difference is someone with BDD wouldn't feel comfortable probably one being on television and two wouldn't probably go back to the places where they've been, where they looked completely different. So she like attends and goes to every place she's been to when she looks like a completely different person 10 to 15 years ago as she goes to today. So I think, you know, how, how would you really tell the difference between someone with BDD and, and just body image issues? Do they like, I hate to say it, like really hate themselves. Do they feel defective? That was a huge thing with me. Like I felt defective. Like, to the core, to the core of who I was. It made no logical sense. Um, I, I mean, it was horrible. And truthfully, you know, this notion it, for me, it was my skin. So this notion of like, if I had clear skin, like 
I like, I was like, I'll have a boyfriend. I'll have this. I'll have my best life. Like skin isn't supposed to give you that. That's not to say you don't, people with BDD shouldn't take care of themselves, but none of your physical attributes should be able to give you the quality of life that you think it's going to be. And that's, I think the biggest difference. And again, why I respect your platform. It's like, you're honest. Like you're taking us in with you to get good. But there's so many people that are not honest and I get privacy and I respect that. I do. I understand that. But I think as a, you know, better as a public figure, it's like people are looking at you and they're like, they're like, you know, and if you have people being like, no, like I got nothing done, like nothing done. And I'm just like, really? Like there's only so much like filters and stuff. You know what I mean? (laughs) But it's like, you know, my message is never about not getting things done. It's about understanding like for people with BDD, like they're looking at people and thinking like they're supposed to wake up and look this way. Right. And, and, and that, you know, the, the message is like, I've gotten like, you know, even Jayla, like, I mean, I, I, I love like, you know, what's like, you know, whether she has or hasn't, it's like, people think like, oh, so if I put olive oil on my face, like I'm going to get Botox. I mean, okay. Like, and again, I think when you go back to what people with BDD really struggle with, they just, they feel different. They feel like almost like a monster. They don't feel like I used to just feel like I just didn't look like everybody else. Like, and I don't mean that like in a way that like we all look different. Like I literally just felt like so like odd. Yeah. You felt just out of place. Like you didn't belong. So I have two game changers to share with you when it comes to upping your glam game. I am totally obsessed with Impress No Glue Mannies and Impress Press-On False Eyelashes because I'm very into just easy right now and anyone can do it. You are going to love them just as much as I do. Both require zero glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes. There's also no annoying dry time. And the best part, zero mess. One step and you're done. The lash style options are endless, and there are so many on-trend nails to choose from. Impress, no glue manis, and press-on falsies are the easiest and fastest way to upgrade your look in just minutes. The press-on falsies have a unique under-lash application for a totally seamless look and are made with an exclusive self-stick technology that keeps them secure for up to 24 hours. The Impress Manis have a patented super hold adhesive for up to seven days secure hold. And that's perfect for all of you busy mamas out there who don't have a lot of time to spend on glam but want to look your best. I completely get it. Impress No Glue Manis and Impress No Glue Press on Falsies are absolutely a beauty must. You need to try them right now. So get yours today at impressbeauty.com slash lala. And use code LALA at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. That's impressbeauty.com slash LALA and use code LALA at checkout for 25% off. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. I can't even imagine where you would start with someone who has, like, 
I guess it would be like self-loathing, like doesn't feel good enough. Nothing is good. They think things will fix them if they get a little Botox or filler, but it's, it's obviously an internal thing that they're battling. How do you bring someone out of that? Well, I always, especially with, you know, my narrative, my personal story, I'll always kind of go back to that initially and be like, look, I've been where you've been. um, So let's try to build that rapport and trust that. And then kind of bring back to, you have this disorder and out of UCLA, they've done like MRI studies. So actually my brain lights up differently, let's say, than your brains because you don't have it. And so what they've seen in the research is people with EDD, their spatial processing is different. So how they interpret their image is different than somebody that doesn't have it. So I give them a lot of psychoeducation about what this disorder is. I also try to tell them, look, if what your concerns are, are real and valid, you wouldn't meet criteria for the diagnosis. And I mean that. Of course, it's, 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 could be, you know, feel detrimental when someone has cystic acne all over their face, or if they have some birth defects, it can take a toll on how they feel mentally and how they navigate through the world. But in the same respect, if, if the person is staring at me and there's nothing going on, then I'm like, you meet the criteria for this disorder because it's a perception of a small or non-existent defect that nobody sees. Right. So it's like they see it, but nobody else does. So we start there and then we start to pull away the layers. And I think the hardest part is that most people, both of you, I'm sure know what it is that you look like and people with BDD, they're not going to. And that is a hard thing that you have to tell people, even myself, like I've come to terms with, I don't really know what it is that I look like. And I have to kind of sit with that because if I go back to like where I was, where I was like going in and out of the mirror, wanting to look a certain way, like I had no quality of life. And so I have to kind of tell clients like, we need to make your appearance can matter, but it also can't be your focus. Can't be the end all be all. Right. So it has to be like, like you're a good friend, you're a good mother, like, you know, if like you're a good son, like student, what all these other attributes and nine times out of 10, if not really 10 out of 10, every client that comes in 90% of their value and worth is their appearance. So you're, you start off with like, you have nothing. Like, to work, like you real, there's some people have zero insight. They'll come in and be like, no, like, don't you know, Robin? Like, if I have a bad hair day, like, how do you go out? I'm like, no, that's not like a normal thing. <laughs> you understand that? Like, you can have a bad hair day, but like, you still have to function. Right. Like, your hair, like, I remember with my skin, like, my dot, my therapist would be like, Robin, that's not what skin was designed. Skin was not designed for it to be clear. Like, my thing was like acne. Yeah. And, I really you know, that. obviously, it's, as I got older, like it was like fine lines and stuff like that. And my thing was like, my therapist was like, it's not supposed to be designed to be clear. Like you've placed that attribute on that, but your skin is just the largest organ of your body that's protecting you. Like people place with BDD, like, like a power and a relationship on their appearance part and no one's supposed to have it. It, and we start there and we start to remove because oftentimes there's behaviors, they're asking for reassurance, they're doing a ton of checking. So they'll go in and out of the mirror. They'll take like 300 selfies in like 20 minutes. They'll do like videos of themselves. They'll avoid going out in bright lights. Um, they'll do a lot of camouflage and there's so many different behaviors. So we, we start to remove some of the behaviors. The thoughts are very hard. You know, the thoughts of, because usually what it tends to happen is as you move the behavior, appearance concern away you really are left with that they feel horrible as a human being right it sounds like 
BDD, it's accompanied by other things a lot of times, whether or not it's OCD. Because when you say things like taking 300 selfies, checking the mirror all day, every day, I don't know if that's a common thing, but it sounds like it could be particularly a battle because maybe it's not just BDD, but also OCD or addiction. I don't know if addiction to exercise or and I I had, I'd, uh, saw a video about you saying you at one point stayed inside for 30 days. What what was that about? I mean, what what was that so from? And how it's did, crazy. Yeah. So I can't, I've never spoken publicly about it, but I I'll, so I was on Accutane and back in the day and it led to like some facial hair growth. So I felt like I needed to get electrolysis and she like like gave me like folliculitis. So I like broke out all over my neck and I could not, that was like my biggest trigger. I, but again, do I think somebody would be uncomfortable with a breakout? Absolutely. Do I think it would get them to the point where it's like, I had like these eight amazing friends in college We lived in a house. Like I had like my life there. Did I like intellectually now, do I think they would reject me as a friend? I mean, granted that's what happened to me as a kid, but no, I just couldn't leave my house. Like I literally, I I was like, and my parents didn't know what to do with me. I was like on and off different medications. And I just ended up taking the semester off and was in some type of like group therapy at that point. Didn't get the diagnosis of BDD and was basically told like, I need to look at the person next to me because he just lost his wife for 50. You just can't get out of the mirror and you just don't like your skin. And I'm like, okay, like you don't get like, this has kind of been, and then I think that's also what makes it harder is like, you hear people talk about their appearance and you're like, oh, you're vain. Like, no, like this isn't about vanity. Like I didn't want to live like that's serious. And I actually did not get the diagnosis till about a year and a half after that. So I was walking around after that, like not knowing, I still just thought this was an appearance issue. Like I'm just ugly and gross. And then it was like a year and a half later, my mom found somebody who gave me the diagnosis at that point. But yeah, I mean, people do stay house now. I mean, and, and I have clients that, you know, really won't leave or won't even attempt to do therapy until they get their procedures done or, um, and it's, and it's a really hard thing because, you know, it would be great if like people assessed for it, but the reality is dermatologists and plastic surgeons won't it'll affect their income well, correct but yes. they're not going to no at all they like us coming in yeah i relate to i relate to the skin thing because when everyone was like going through you know their awkward phase of like hitting puberty breaking out getting braces like i got my braces off right before i went into the seventh grade so i was looking all snatched right for the, for the eighth graders <laughs> with my straight teeth and i really didn't have skin issues until after high school. And I'm telling you what, the amount of things I missed out on because I would not leave the house and I would obsess in the mirror. I would go back hundreds of times to see if the breakout was still happening. I would wake up in the morning and be so depressed that the morning had come because I had to deal with my skin again. And it, be, and it wouldn't stop. You know, it was like the hormonal breakout where it's like, how right. do I get this under control? I also, it wasn't Accutane that I went on because I think that they like moved that off because of a lot of right side after, effects. Side yeah. effects. Yeah. But I did something different and it did clear my, my skin up. But I'm telling you, the skin was debilitating for me. Wasn't it in your book also? Like when you were talking about like yes. dating that guy and you were like going to sleep with the makeup on and you didn't yes. want to see that. Yeah. 
No, it was horrific. And this was before you could like go and and I, I didn't have social media because I was like, why would I post? You couldn't edit photos. You could right. pay someone to edit them for you. But you didn't have like the quick app that you could just like swipe Facetune, and clear that shit right. up real quick. <laughs> yeah. So I totally relate. The difference is, is once my skin got clear, like I did start feeling like I could go out and like it didn't. I don't feel like it was something where I hated myself. Right. I hated my fucking breakout. Mm-hmm. I right. needed it to end because there was no amount of makeup in the world that could like fix the texture, you know, with lighting. Like right. I didn't want to go out in the daylight. That was the worst thing. I remember going outside in the daylight and seeing my reflection in the in the um the window. Mm-hmm. And I was like just depressed about it. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to leave. I'll drive around with my mom. She would go and get takeout for us. I wouldn't go in with her because I was so self-conscious about it. Is there a way, like, let's say someone young or not even young starts going in that direction and it starts getting a little more inside. They're staying inside more They're And it starts interfering with their everyday lives. Is there something that people can start doing that might help pull them out of that so it doesn't start to maybe take control so i think it's having like an honest dialogue of being like okay i know we live in an appearance focused world but like we also need to have other things about ourselves and so with kids it's just it's just having that conversation it's understanding where they are with the breakouts explaining i understand how you feel it would also from a behavioral perspective would be like like your mom, I, I know, like, I mean, fortunately it didn't turn into anything. It would be like, okay, your mom's gonna be like, you need to go out and get the takeout food yourself. Like, I'm not gonna, like, I'm not gonna wait. Like, you're not waiting in the car. Oh, that would like, send me into sheer panic. <laughs> yeah, sheer I mean, panic. or like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, and or it would be like, you're not going out with makeup today. Like, but slowly going, you know, and again, does everybody, I think that's the thing. There's, there's clients that I see, especially young, where like, it's questionable if they have it or not, right? Because there is normalcy of like, being self-conscious with how you look. I mean, at all, actually, all aspects of life. But I think it's about if there's any avoidant behaviors, you kind of push. And, and I was going to say, actually, BD is considered an OCD spectrum disorder. But there are a lot of kind of similarities with like the obsessive component and the compulsive component. The little bit of the biggest difference is that people with BD kind of still have a lot more trauma associated. So there could be abuse associated with it. There could be like bullying, teasing, which was my thing. Um, it could be like a poor family dynamics. We don't see that as much in OCD. We see that more with BDD. But again, if you start to notice like younger thing where maybe like they're taking a lot of pictures, you might want to say like memes, you know, or like I'm constantly taking social media breaks constantly. It's just to me, I mean, I give you, you have to be on social media, but to me, it dry. like, I just sometimes feel like, what am I even doing? I'll end up on somebody's page that I don't even know. Like, I, I don't know. even know How what I'm that doing. Happen? <laughs> and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, where do I get any, like, I have a kid. Like, what am I doing here? Like, and so sometimes I just have to go offline and I need like that, like sense of coming back into the real world. And so I always like, that could be one thing, like maybe come off social media, mm-hmm. um, and just really having like an honest dialogue, let's say if they're going to dermatologists, like be honest with the dermatologist, like be honest with saying like, look, this is how I'm feeling. Again, what you notice people with BDD is this very all or nothing thought process. Like I need to look a certain way for me to be okay. And if not, like I just don't deserve to be like truly don't deserve to be in this world. And it's sad. It's heartbreaking. Um, there's been a lot of suicide loss to it. 
And there is a lot of comorbidity with addiction because they self-medicate, right? And Mm -hmm. so instead of talking about it, they go and numb out. And so you see the combination of both. And I've had a lot of clients like with both. And usually what we recommend is treat the substance abuse first and then go in and do the EDD work. Because that's obviously the most crucial part of, you know, um, and I have a ton of people in recovery, which I have so much respect for you. And I have to say this, they find recovery easier than this work. Wow. It blew my mind. I had about 25% of my clients with comorbidity, like substance abuse, and they were in like living their best life, like 10 years sober. I had 28 years. They could not get on this train that I was doing with them. And I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to understand. I'm like, you do the hardest thing day in, day out. Like, but it's like the thought of letting go of like who they saw themselves to be. It was just so hard. And they just, it was, it was just almost impossible with some of them. And I just, and I was like, can we look at the strength that you have from being sober and what that takes to really like dig deep to do that? Because that's, that you have to be a strong person to be sober. I'm sorry. Like it takes a strong person. So I'm like, can we use some of that strength? And it was, it was interesting to see that it was not, they couldn't really transfer it for whatever reason. It was harder. So on that note, because you know, you always hear people struggling with addiction. They always say I'm in recovery because fact of the matter is you will never be recovered. You know, it's it's one disease that you have to work out every single day. You'll never be cured from it. Is that how it is with BDD? Like you have to work at it pretty much every day. Yes, 100%. So I have it. Um, I like to say I'm in recovery, but I always tell my clients, like, I can equally be right back with where you're at. Like, if I end up doing something, like, it's funny, like, I went in, I wanted to get a facial. And I'll always say this. If you can answer these three questions, please do whatever it is you want. If you could be okay that it looks the same when you come out, go get it done. If you could be okay that it looks better, get it done. If you could be okay, it looks worse, get it done. The worst is when no one can answer that. And then I'm like, well, then you can't go in. And I was like, you can't, if you're not going to be okay, that it could possibly look worse than you. So like I went in to like, to talk about getting a facial and it was so interesting. I'm so honest about it. I'm like, Hey, FYI have body disorder. So probably never going to get a laser because I've gotten one before and it blew up my whole life. Like I kid you not. I ended up in three weeks of intensive therapy because I got a laser on Laurel Canyon and I told the PA that I have BDD and he's like, okay, let's see head to toe what we can do for you. And I couldn't handle the redness after an IPL and it like set me into a full- Even though you knew the redness would go away? I guess I couldn't. You couldn't get past it. Put it this way. The emotional thing with made the redness not go away. So right. I was so anxious that it literally was not going away. Yeah. And I like just, I like lost it. And I was like, I ended up like having to take a medical leave for my job. It was like the worst $200 spent. And it like ended me up in like $6,000 worth of therapy. Wow. And like, it was like, ne- so it was just, it's so interesting to me. Like when I went to this person and she's like, Oh, you can go get a consult for filler and did, 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 did. And I'm like, did you just hear what I told you? Like, am I like, and, and I think sometimes like truthfully, even if you tell somebody, they look at it as like you're a cash cow. Like, 100. They're like, Oh, this person's coming yeah. back day after day to get filled up to the brim. Yeah. But 
on the flip side, there was an amazing dermatologist, like right by like, what is it like century city. And he was like, Robin, there's no amount of money that I will take for you to give you Botox. Cause you will call me every single day and not happen. Right. It's not worth it. He's like, not worth it. He's like, I don't want, he's like, I like you, but like never going to happen. I'm not touching your face. And I was like, okay. I was, and I really respect that, but you don't find that. You j- and so that's, no, that's the problem with people with BDD. It's like, you'll have people like I had a client with a nose job where like there were a ton of doctors that said no, but you will find the doctor that will say yes. You know, somebody who wants hair transplant, they said no before the age of 25. And sure enough, they, they'll find someone that will do it. So it's like, it's really hard for like, you know, myself to, and that's why like I speak a lot about it is because I have it. Like, I'm not just somebody that like read a book about it. Like, right. This has been my life. You specialize in it. You've had it. You relate to it. I think that's the most powerful thing. Yeah. You know, and, but to, to answer your question, I think I'm in recovery every day. I think as there's times where it's a lot easier, there's times where it slightly could be harder. You know, I'm very like, I'm always like analyzing myself, I guess, as a therapist. And I'll be like, oh my God, like this is, it hits me in all aspects of life. And I think that's a newer piece that most therapists who treat this disorder don't do like they'll do the behavioral work like it was I, I specialize also in OC and they'll do the behavioral work but they won't look at like what are your core beliefs about yourself so like no one sat there and asked me like Robin how do you feel about yourself and I would have been like I feel like I am the most worthless human being like beyond just my skin and maybe if they would have done that they could have saved me three relationships that I definitely didn't need to be in and like my life would have been a lot different but of course like they just were like, oh, if she could stop the behavior, she's fine. And that was not the case. And so I like strive like with my clients to see them as a whole person. Mm-hmm. I want I want to like know their story. I want to know, like really get into the nitty gritty. And I think that that's a newer thing because usually with therapy, they want like evidence-based practices and they want things like super clean and more in- intense like psychotherapy is like, you can't measure that. So they're not as interested in it but it needs to happen. And so, you know, um, recovery is not easy. I mean, you know, it's just not, it's not, but I think we all go through, through things. And I think that's what is reality to this world. I think unless you've like lived under a rock, like you've been, something has happened to you and, and either you've had the coping to work through it or, or sometimes you don't have good coping to work through it. And that's what lands you into possibly needing more support. I'm beyond thrilled that I that we found each other because I think this needs to be a grander topic. And I won't even lie. I've thrown, I mean, I've had friends where they look in the mirror and they talk about their bodies and I've told them you have body dysmorphia because I'm yeah. like, I'm looking at you. You look fucking fire. But like you really have shed a lot of light. And I think my listeners are going to be very appreciative. Where can they find you on social media? So you can find me at the BDD and OCD therapist. Um, that's on Instagram. And then you could also find my website, which is rlsterntherapy.com. Is the Instagram handle all once? So it's the BDD yes. and OCD therapist. Okay, got it. I love it. Keep spreading the word. Keep doing amazing work. I'm so proud of you and I'm so happy that we found each other. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for having me. 
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.